Yes, sir. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Out of My League podcast. I'm Deshaun. And I'm Justin, and we switching roles. <laughs> hey, man, got to bring the energy. You feel me? <laughs> hey, man, just try to... <laughs> Yo, this switching roles thing hard. <laughs> we are here to give you all the latest sports takes, debates, updates, and news, man. Rough start. Yeah, this is funny. <laughs> Rough start, man. What we got on the docket, man? Hey, man, we got a lot on preseason. We got these young quarterbacks going on. Yo, you didn't even ask me how my weekend was. Look See, that you. was supposed to be your question. That was using oh, my oh, answer. Man. <laughs> Yo, how was your weekend, man? Hey, man, it was good. Chill. You know, made some money. You know how that is. Hey, man, football is officially back. For sure. We are back on the map. The games are in full swing. Hey, man, preseason was out. And like you said, the rookies were out. And let's go ahead and jump straight into it, man, because we had interesting comments from Justin Fields in Chicago who made a great impression. Let's take a listen to it. It was actually kind of slow to me, to be honest, uh, you know. I think, you know, I, I was expecting it to be a little bit faster, but, you know, practicing, you know, game speed, going at it with my teammates every day. And, of course, you know, we have a great defense. So uh, me going against them every day, it definitely slowed the game up a, a little bit for me. He said it was easy, man. <laughs> he said it so, was easy. Yeah, so I understand where he's coming from with this. I wouldn't overreact to it. Like, everybody else kind of just jumping on his case. Like, oh, man, the rookie thinks he's all-knowing or he's yeah. you know, all-powerful. Yeah. Like, like, I, I think, down. yeah, I think it's one of these things where he expected it to be a lot uh, faster and it just came slow to him. He developed like it, it wasn't, you know, an issue for him in that game. But obviously the regular season is going to be so much more faster. Oh, it's so. it's, it's going to be a big difference. You're yeah. going to be playing one against the ones, the ones and not right, the twos. Right. But I really think that he's built for it. Yeah. I, th- I think that he's built for it. I really don't think that Andy Dalton should even be in the conversation of a starting quarterback. We know what Andy Dalton is. Yeah, like we know what Andy Dalton is, but we also know that Justin Fields has potential to be one of the Bears' greatest quarterbacks ever. For sure. Like for literally. Sure. But let's jump into it, man. Like what rookie quarterback in particular impressed you the most in their first preseason game? It was Fields for okay. me. Um, I think that he was really decisive. He was able to move out the pocket. I mean, it seems like he has so much more camaraderie with his teammates. Okay. And I feel like his teammates, you know, they're gelling towards him. Similar to what's going on in Philly with Jalen Hurts and that that kind of uh, mm-hmm. organization going on with that. I feel like Justin Fields has really captivated his teammates. Yep. And you can feel the energy as he's playing the game. He just seems confident. He trusts his receivers. Like, the things he's doing in and outside the pocket. He There was one play where he was scrambling to the right. He walked and then just sprinted to the sideline yeah. for a first down. <laughs> yeah. So it's things like that. He's he's playing with a lot of confidence. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows his teammates. And, he you know, he seems to have a favorite target, too, a wide receiver. So, yeah. I'm going to roll with Justin Fields as well. I didn't want to pick the same person as mm-hmm. you, but I feel like he had the most impressive sure. weekend, and it's not even close to me. He was 14-20, 142 and a touchdown. He came out immediately, second half with that first drive, six for six on yeah. the drive, and he just looked crisp. Like It took him one drive or so to kind of get into it, get into the motions, but after that, he just was really flowing, and it looked like he had command of the offense. Yeah. So I was really, really impressed by his performance. Who do you think? was your least impressive out of the rookie quarterbacks. I think it was it was a mixed bag for Trevor Lawrence. 
And I feel like for one thing, a lot of that was probably Urban Meyer, like, you know, just trying to figure out the weapons. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they already have a uh, shaky offensive line. Yep. So that's what, another thing. They really didn't get into a rhythm. Right. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bad first year. But I think that Urban Meyer needs to give him better reads. They yes. need to fix that O-line. Like yes. we knew the O-line was bad ASAP. before they drafted Trevor Lawrence. ASAP. It's bad now. So yep. they need to figure out a way to bolster that O-line and then also establish a run game for him. Make things easier. Get the tight ends involved. You have Marvin Jones there, um, but you need to figure out a way to get your young quarterback involved. And here again, I'm going to have to agree with you again because Trevor Lawrence didn't look all that comfortable yeah. back there, albeit this is not his fault. Right. I think the O-line is in shambles it's right terrible. now. I feel like Urban Meyer needs to give him a lot of quick reads a lot of shorter passes some play action to help him out and to keep the coverage honest because yeah he looked very uncomfortable back there got socked got sacked a couple of times excuse me fumbled um yeah he just had he just had a rough outing but i'm also gonna say that for mac jones to be praised as highly as he was over the weekend i don't necessarily think he had a bad showing but i don't think he did much of anything for him to have such high praise and the QB battle got so much closer, they were raving about the incompletions that he had. Yeah. And yeah. to me, it's like, like, what are we doing? You're here? missing, like, yeah, you're missing like, wide open yo, receivers. Yeah, you're, you're missing reads. Like, why are we raving about this? Right. Like, yo, you see just outside the, the hands of the receiver. Okay, inaccurate is yeah. what I'm hearing. Like, yeah. like what? That's where's the compliment in that? So I'm not saying he had a bad game, but I feel like for what they were saying he did, I didn't see much of that. Yeah, I would say this. I think that Mac Jones looked more comfortable in the offense. I look, I looked at how he was throwing the ball, and there were times where he did overthrow receivers, yep. and there was uh, there were also times where he lobbed it right into the receiver's arms, and the receiver dropped the ball. So yep. you know, it's a mixed bag also with with uh, Mac Jones. But I think that you know, the more we look at you know the Cam Newton Mac Jones battle. We're going to see, you know, who captures the teammates more and who is more comfortable under center in that way. But I feel like the pendulum has struck towards Mac Jones side now. Mm -hmm. And and not for nothing. I don't think Trey Lance had all that great of a game. either. No. He had one pass that went for 80 yards, yeah. albeit it looked great in the air. I want to say it traveled a good 50 plus yards in the air. It was a yeah. great pass. They're going to do some fun things yeah, with Trey Lance. But he ended up being 5 of 14 for 128 and one touchdown. I don't think he had a great game. He also said he missed some throws, mm -hmm. said he was eager to look at fumbled the he got a couple yeah, sacks fumbled got sacked two or three times yeah. i think so he didn't have a great game by by any stretch either and if we if we're gonna go ahead and wrap this up zach wilson also made some chris throws out there mm -hmm. but he wasn't he wasn't out there much either so right. it's just hard to gauge obviously from the first game with a, such a small sample size for yeah. a few of these quarterbacks who only got one to two drives so it's, it's kind of tough but yeah i think that trevor lawrence definitely had a, the roughest out of the three agreed what team impress you the most in the preseason out of game one what team were you not expecting to look the way that they did kind of you know shocked you a little bit i think that when you look at carolina they have a really interesting team and i feel like carolina may be better than a lot of people think they will be okay. this year Okay. Um, you're not going to tell a whole lot of that from one preseason game, but right. based off the building blocks that team has put in the last couple off seasons, you can see the pieces coming together. And then Matt Rule 
who's a young up-and-coming coach who's been coaching football for a while, just came up from college level. Mm-hmm. But he's he's a really intriguing coach, and I feel like with the weapons on offense, the defense, the young defense that's coming up, they have okay. some young studs on that defense. I feel like Carolina could potentially make some noise at some point. Okay. I'm going to go with the Broncos. Okay. I thought the Broncos, albeit, their defense, pre- yeah. albeit a preseason game, their defense clamped really up. Really good. But they came out the gate swinging. Yeah. Drew Locke came in the game. I think he only had two drives, five or seven for 151 and two touchdowns. Got him in and out. Teddy Bridgewater came in there, did the same thing, drove him right up and down the field. And I was like, good Lord. Like, yeah. They trampled over the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> like They trampled over the Vikings. And the Vikings didn't have any of their starters, at least on offense, really right. play. Kirk Cousins didn't play. The receivers didn't play. Dalvin didn't play. So, yeah. you know, it's hard to really gauge from that. But, yeah, I think the Broncos have an interesting situation over there, especially at the QB situation. Yeah. Where both QBs look pretty impressive in, in the early goings of the preseason game. So, I thought the Broncos were really good. What team would you say was a somewhat of a disappointment for you or giving you cause to pause as we look towards the regular season? It probably was the Patriots for me. Okay. Um, honestly, I feel like that that's team. In- that's interesting. Yeah. I, thought, I thought their defense looked pretty good. Their de- like their their team. I just felt like year two without Brady. I feel like guys should have been better. A little crisper. Yeah, and you know, and I feel like after all the talk that Belichick is talking about, guy guys just need to be better. I mean, even Cam Newton, he needs to be better. I mean, you're a vet. I agree. You need to I perform wholeheartedly. at the level we, we're used to seeing Cam Newton perform yep. at. I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, that team should be a lot better and a lot farther along than they are. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go actually with the New Orleans Saints. Um, albeit, I, I didn't really know what to expect from the Saints this yeah. season po- post Drew Brees. Right. And I know that they have an interesting, you know, dynamic back there at quarterback. Mm-hmm. But neither of them look good. No. Neither of them look good. And it, it pains me to say that because, you know, I'm a huge Florida State guy. So yep. Jameis Winston back there, whom I expect to win the job easily. I think he will. It, and I think that ultimately he will. But I don't think it's as easy as I thought it was. Yeah. I, I think the decision is easy, but I don't think that. Sean Payton sees it as that easy. And I think he has legitimacy behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the Saints, you have a team that's technically ready to win now, but you're you're at a QB spot where neither quarterback is ready to win now. And, you know, you got to balance that out. If you're Sean Payton, maybe you should have, you know, invested in quarterback position this offseason after Drew Brees. Like, maybe you should have found someone that you think could run the show potentially. I mean, even even if you went out and grabbed a Marcus Mariota, I feel like he could at least – you know, push them. You know, a few and win a few games down the stretch. Nah, I can't get. I can't get Marcus. Uh, I don't. I, I would give him over, <laughs> over those two. I can't do it because he's Jameis Rival, bro. <laughs> like Jameis Rival, they came out the same year. Yeah. Jameis came out number yeah. one, and Jameis won the Heisman, so beat it. <laughs> like, like, just, like, beat it. I just feel like they should have. <laughs> they should have been more serious about that quarterback position, being that the state of their team and the age of that roster. They should have did more at the quarterback position to propel them to possibly be a contender. And I guess that's where me and you differ because I don't know if they're necessarily ready to win now. Like, I think they're set to win some games, but I think they're going to struggle tremendously in their division. And speaking of the division, we go ahead and we're in week two of the training camp trenches and we hit the south. Yes, sir. We're down We're down south right now. We can go ahead and jump into the Panthers, Saints, Falcons, Bucks. NFC South. Yeah, NFC South. And we have the AFC South as well. But let's go ahead and start with the NFC. What is your main storyline for that division heading into week one? It is the quarterback competition in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is something that we've been talking about since we knew Drew Brees was going to hang up his cleats. Like, yeah. we knew exactly what was going on, but we were never sure of what Sean Payton was going to do at quarterback this offseason. 
And, I mean, from the looks of it, he's staying pat with his two younger quarterbacks. I don't think he knows. <laughs> and I think that Jameis will start the mm. season. Okay. But I think, you know, he's going to struggle. And I think that if Taysom gets his little reps in, he's going to do his little, you know, gadget plays and things like that. Yep. But when he's in at quarterback, he's going to struggle. Yep. And, you know, we're going to look back a year from now and we're going to say, okay, we know exactly that the Saints are going to address the quarterback position once again. So this is a this is a storyline I'm, I'm watching for an entire year. Okay, you picked up the Saints. I'm going to go with the home team, Panthers. I'm going to look at the Carolina Panthers with the addition of Sam Darnold mm-hmm. with the revamped defense per se. Yeah. And I think Carolina is going to shock a few people. I think they're going to be a little better than expected, like yeah. you were saying before. Yeah. I think they're going to be a little better than expected. And I think they have the potential to arguably be second in that division behind the Bucks. Wow. I really think that they have that potential because I think that Sam Darnold has some weapons. Uh, CMC is back. I'm expecting him to have a huge, huge season yeah. this year, just like he did when he, you know, had an all-purpose 2000. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's going to have a big year, and I think the Panthers are going to really shock some people. I think they're going to win some games that people don't necessarily expect them to win. And I think that in the crunch time, if they can cut down on the mistakes, and if Sam Darnold can just be the quarterback that they expect him to be and that he was projected to be early in his career, yeah. um, and this is him a new opportunity with a new team, obviously leaving New York, I think that they have potential to be a really good team this year. Yeah, without so, question. I feel like, you know, Sam Darnold with Terrace Marshall and Robbie Anderson, yeah. DJ Moore, I mean, CMC, you got weapons galore yeah. down there. Again, another team that just needs to solidify the trenches. If their old line yeah, can the protect line. Sam, yep. Yep. they're going to be fine. Their defense, they have young studs. J.C. Horn and those guys, Derek Brown. I mean, they have yep. studs um, on that on that defensive line, linebacker, safety, they have guys that can play. I mean, this entire team is really, really young, so that might hurt them along the way. But, okay. I mean, Hassan Reddick comes over from Arizona. Like, yep. they have guys yeah, they have everywhere pieces. on each level. I mean – Both sides of the ball, On too. both sides. Right. And you look at this team, they're just exciting coming into the season because you don't know what you're going to get from Sam Darnold. But the, the rest of these young guys, I mean, you you know J.C. Horn's a dog. There's some dogs. I mean, he, that's a goon CMC's back there. coming back off injury. You, you got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. I mean, you have weapons galore if you're the Panthers. And I feel like they should be talked about as a rising team this year. I mean, potentially, maybe could get a wild card spot depending on how well they balance in their division. But right. we're going to see how they play. But I think Carolina, for sure, their stock is high. Right. No, no. I'm, I'm like pretty big on them. Like, I think that they're going to be second in the division. I really yeah. do. I know we haven't talked much about the Bucks because we know who the Bucks are. Mm-hmm. They resign all their starters. Do you think that they have a true shot of repeating? This yes. Year? I know that Bruce Arians is, is upset with his team right now because they're kind of being lax in practice and things like that. I mean, Tom Brady's like 43, bro. bro I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yo, he's, he's exhausted. Yeah, like, he, he's like 43. Yeah. Bro. Like, come on. Now. But you still have. And he's Tom Brady. Right. Like, uh, comment down. Top, like, he, top to Tom bottom, Brady. I think that the Bucks have one of their top five team, uh, talent team in, Easy. in the league. And I feel like on both sides of the ball, they're just stacked. And I mean, and, and they have protection too. So it's, it's crazy. What's crazy is I think they're going to be better. Yeah. I think they're going to be better than they were last year because they have a whole year of chemistry right. under their belt. They right. have a full preseason and training camp under their belt. Like, they're going to be beasts. Yes. Like, they're going to be beasts. They're healthy, and they're going to look great. And I definitely think that they have a potential to repeat. Before we get off the NFC, let's talk about the Falcons a little bit because the Falcons, whom I've always looked at for the last few years to have a ton of weapons on offense and then essentially no defense at all. Where do you see the Falcons 
in this division? How do you see them shaking out? They're going to finish last in the division. Yep. Um, <laughs> All right. Glad we're on the same page. But I say this with a caveat, too, because, you know, while I believe they are going to be last in the division, they will be. Um, they have some young talent, and they can build upon what they have there mm-hmm. in, in Atlanta. And, you know, you look at uh, Matt Ryan. I, I think this is Matt Ryan's last year. I thought I thought the end of Matt Ryan era was going to be this year. Yeah. And they kept him right. and got Kyle Pitts. I think this so, is yeah, I, I think that this is his last shot. And, I, I feel like this is his last shot. Right. So you have a Calvin Ridley. You have, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts. And, you, you know, you have a, a revamp, a little bit of a revamped offensive line. So you may have some protection. But there are times last year when I was watching the Atlanta Falcons and I'm like, Okay, Matt Ryan is really showing some flashes that he can still get it done here and there. But the Falcons are still such a terrible team on defense. Yeah, no, they're awful. And and I, awful. I feel like with the new regime coming in, Arthur Smith is the new coach. You have a new general manager coming over from New Orleans. And they're trying to re- revamp this team. They're trying to accumulate draft capital and things like that. And I feel like moving forward, they're trying to build this thing out for the long haul. You have two young, young centerpieces, Kyle Pitts and, and Calvin Ridley, yep. that you're going to build upon. You just need to find them a quarterback. You need to figure out what's going on with the defense for sure. And then from there, you build the rest of it out. And I feel like, you know, Grady okay. Jarrett is yep. probably the best player on that team right now. Okay. And I'll take that. You know, as, as a defensive tackle, if you're the best player on your team, there's there's issues here. Yeah, we, we're not looking too great. Yeah, so we're not looking too great. You look at the Atlanta Falcons, they have they're at least two to three years out from at least making noise in the playoffs. Okay, I'll take that. Go ahead and give me your ranks and then we'll jump to the AFC. I'm doing Bucks. Um I'm gonna stick with what you said too. I'm gonna have Panthers two, okay, Saints three, and the uh, Falcons four. Same for me. No issues. Any more questions on the NFC side? No, I mean, I think it's interesting. Like I said, I think the storyline with the Saints quarterback competition is going to say a lot. Um, and then the Michael Thomas situation is just really, really weird. And I feel like that that can potentially linger to something, you know, drastic that, down the that, stretch that to where be, he gets that traded. Could be, that could be a cancer to the team as well. Yeah. Like if he's, if This he is year two of this. Yeah, if he doesn't, you know, play in the games and he starts missing more games than expected. We already know he had late surgery. So, yeah, that could linger into the season, and that could definitely tear down the team chemistry. Well, you remember last year during this time, what was going on in training camp with the Saints, too, is – he was he was fighting with his teammates because somebody called him slant boy because all yep. he, you know they yep. say oh all you do is run slants yeah. all day yada 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 and he was fighting with his teammates got suspended for a couple weeks yep. and then all of a sudden got hurt then he's out for four or five more weeks yeah and this is year two of this you already after he got that big contract yeah. too after he got that big contract yeah it's gonna be that's gonna be very interesting so this is year two of him clashing with his teammates Sean Payton the organization. We'll see what, you know, Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis decide to do down the stretch with, with Michael Thomas. I think he's going to get traded eventually, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because, yeah, he's only holding the team back. Right. And they can't use any more distractions right now. They have enough problems to deal with For at sure. the quarterback position. All right, man, in the AFC, we got the Texans, Titans, Colts, Jaguars. Give me your main storyline for week one of that. I mean, it's it's uh, Carson Wentz uh, and Quentin Nelson. Okay. If they're going to be available to play this year. Right now, we're, we're not sure. Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson just got surgery. Both of them got bones taken out of their foot. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, the same injury. It's weird that it happened that ironic. way, but it's the same very, exact very injury ironic. day day after day. Yeah. So they're, they both had surgery. They're both trying to recover from that. They're not practicing right now. They're just doing walkthroughs and things like that, trying to get the mental, mental reps going on in camp. 
and then you you figure out like you know, okay who's who's starting if Carson Wentz can't start and right now I mean we have no idea is either going to be Jacob Eason or or um you know Sam Sam Ellinger so you have two really really young guys with a team that's supposed to be built to win now we're going to see and I I'm not sure that either. Quentin Nelson or Carson Wentz will be ready for week one. I agree. I don't think I don't think they will be. And if they are, I think that's a little rush. So I feel like they should take it very cautiously, especially with Carson Wentz. You remember, because I mean, the week the injuries for these both how that five goes. to twelve weeks is supposed to be right. the timetable for this. Big window. And they're Big saying window. that they're gonna be on the lighter side of five weeks, and it's like you had a bone removed from your foot. Like <laughs> to, to me, it's just like don't force it. Yeah. Don't force it. Don't push it because we know one. You definitely need your tackle, and, and Carson Wentz is already hurt, and he's trying to play catch up. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. I think my biggest storyline since you had the Colts, I'm gonna go with the Titans. I think the Titans have a team that is ready to win now. Absolutely. I think they have a team that's ready to win now, and I think they're top five, easily top five in the AFC, maybe top three, yeah. maybe, maybe top three in the AFC. And I think that right now it's their division to lose. I, I really yeah. feel like it's their division to I lose agree. right now, especially with Carson Wentz not knowing what he's going to bring to the table, right. albeit whenever he gets back you know, from his injury. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with them, but I think the Titans have a team that's literally ready to win right now. And I want to see Ryan Tannehill in particular, if he's going to make more noise as a quarterback, and we're not going to look at this offense just for the sake of Derrick Henry, who's a beast, obviously, like a man amongst boys, literally. Right, right. Like he throws people around. But with the addition of Julio, that comes with big expectations. You have like two huge dominant receivers yeah. on the outside, and there's no reason for your offense not to be better. Uh, in play action, this should open up Derrick Henry even more yeah. because you can't load the box up because one-on-one coverage, those guys are scary on the outside. And I feel like this is going to be a problem. So I think that they are my biggest storyline heading into week one. When you look at the Titans and you see an A.J. Brown with a Julio Jones on the outside and a big Derrick Henry coming up to run you over, as a defensive coordinator, you have to be terrified playing the Titans because they are physical. These dudes are huge. huge. (laughs) Their receivers block very, very well for the running back. And then you have a quarterback that doesn't really turn the ball over. So you you have a team right now that's going to maul you in the trenches that can run the ball down your throat, but also that play action is going to eat you up, especially if it's one-on-one. Right, right. And if you you mess around with those it's, right combos, right. that post-corner route or something like that, you know, it's it's going to eat you up as a defense to try to cover these. And, you know, now today's game when you have smaller corners and the corners can't get as physical with, not, the, with the wide they, receivers, it's going to be the P.I. or touchdown. I mean, you pick <laughs> your poison yeah. because these dudes are huge. Like, Julio and A.J. Brown are literally the same size. <laughs> like, they are almost identical bodies and all that. And they Man. and A.J. AJ actually molded his game after Julio, and they're actually really close friends. So when this trade happened, I was like, this is going to be a really, really and, tough And team. that's why I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill yeah. even more because he's always, to me, he's kind of flown under the radar. He's had really good numbers, yeah. very efficient, but he hasn't been someone, someone that you look at and say, he's going to win the game for me. He's been more of a manage and then let Derrick Henry right. carry us on his back to the promised land. But I think that there's a little more pressure now on Ryan Tannehill to elevate his game a little more with his weapons because he has the weapons to do it. So. One one thing about the Titans, too, before we move along, is their defense needs to come to play. They've had right. back-to-back off seasons where they've need to, they needed to address the defense because it's hurting them in the long run, especially in the postseason. Um, it seems like they always play the Ravens in the postseason. They Every always, time. It, it exposes Every time. them at some point. Every time. But their defense needs to improve. Right. No, I agree with that. 
I want to look at the Texans real quick because we we saw them come out. They won their first preseason game, and now it's reported that Deshaun Watson obviously still not playing, but they're trying to see if you know working towards playing him week one. And I don't, I just, yeah, I just don't know about that. It's I just, I just don't know about that. So I'm not really seeing their direction. What do you think is in store for them? Uh, they're going to be the bottom of the division, um, uh, obviously, and they're going to have a top three draft pick. Okay. Um, they're going to be one of the worst rosters in the entire league. Um, this is going to be a team that's not going to have much firepower at all on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have to run the ball consistently because mm-hmm. the quarterback play is not going to be that great. Nope. And you have a first year head coach throwing into a, a situation where he's trying to fix a, a mess, mess. <laughs> a fire. He's trying to put out a fire. Um, essentially. And this, this, this organization is just, is, is in turmoil right now and they need somebody to clean it up. That, that situation is a mess. Jaguars, man. How many games do you expect the Jags to win this year? Another terrible team. Um, I mean, I said Texans might get four. The Jags might get three. Like, So, so the Jags are going to be even worse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jags are going to be terrible. Wow. <laughs> All right. Rank your division, man. I got Titans, Colts, um, Texans, Texans and the Jags. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I got Titans, Colts. And then flip flop the last two. I got Jags, Texans. I just want to hope. I just, I just want to hope that the Jags can somehow manage to pull out a few games. I do think that Trevor Lawrence is really good, and I do think that Urban Meyer is a good coach to be determined on the NFL level. Right. Clearly. Right. But I just feel like they have some young pieces. They have some young talent, and they have, you know, a type of environment where like people are you kind of excited for this season they, so they have I, a little excitement that they didn't yeah. have last season so i feel like that can move them to help them win a few games so i'm going to argue that point because i feel like right now in that organization there's a lot of guys looking at urban meyer a little cross-eyed um and for a lot of reasons i mean you're one of your first hires was bringing in the racial guy okay. who was racist toward minority players and then you do the Tebow thing. Nobody liked that issue, yep. and you did it anyway. And he's gone now. And now Te- Tebow definitely right. got re- Tebow got released today. And now you're you're going back and forth with a first round pick from last year and C.J. Henderson, who is supposed to be one of the staples of the defense. And you're you're already ready to trade him. And you know there's a lot going on right now in the organization to where I don't know if people trust Urban Meyer. I don't trust Urban Meyer, and, and, and maybe it's just, maybe it's just me being a sucker at the moment of looking at Trevor Lawrence as being somewhat the savior of the team. And I know that he can't obviously, you know, help the defense, but I feel like he can. He brings the environment, and he brings that team some hope. We're gonna see. I mean, this this year is gonna tell us a lot about the relationship between Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. Okay. And agree. You know, I, I think if push comes to shove, I mean, the organization's obviously gonna pick the quarterback. Um, oh, Urban, for sure. Urban will get fired for sure if things go south with their if, relationship. If he doesn't leave on his own, we know right. how, we know how Urban gets. Yeah. Like, like we know how Urban gets. Like he could leave on his own. Right. But yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting team. I definitely think that they have a better chance of winning games than the Texans. Come. I feel like the Texans are really just in disarray. They're terrible. I feel like they're. I, I think both like teams in, are just bad. Yeah, I feel like they're in utter disarray. So. I, and I, I'll say this: I just think that the Texans win one more game just because they have a better offensive line. Like, okay, that's it. I can, I can take that. <laughs> and the better defense at that point. I, yeah, I can. I can take that. I can take that. All right, man. Some quick takes before we get out of here. Like we mentioned just a few minutes ago, Tim Tebow cut from the Jags roster. Yeah. What does that say about, you know, the relationship between him and Urban Meyer, what that really meant, what this really was for Tebow? He didn't really have a real shot, did he? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't hope so. I don't think I, so. I mean, I, this was ultimately a favor. I think they're, so They're best well. buddies. They're, they're next-door neighbors. They've been together for a while. 
And I mean, like I said, this is, you know, <laughs> we seen the blocking. Clip. Yeah, we, <laughs> we seen the clips. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. We seen the clips. <laughs> this I mean, to me, this is this is the ultimate disrespect to somebody that, you know, maybe a could have filled could have filled that spot. Could have filled that spot. Yeah. And, you know, you gave it to a friend that never played a position before who's old and you try to make him something that he's not. And, you know, you could have had a better option at that spot with a younger player that maybe needs it. You know what yeah. I mean? Tim Tebow didn't need this. He didn't. So and Tim Tebow is going to be just fine. Exactly. Don't worry. Tim Tebow. He'll be is, right on SEC Network. Tim, Tim Tebow is going to be just fine. So all the people are feeling feeling bad for Tebow. Don't. Yeah. You'll see him on TV exactly. in probably two weeks. Yep. Do not. Tim Tebow will be just fine. He's a great analyst. Like he will be just fine. And he's a great guy. I mean, I'm yeah, not. He, no, I'm not saying a, anything a, bad about he, Tim no, Tebow. A, but what I'm he's saying a great is, guy as well. That was that was privilege. I mean, it really was. Oh no, that this this ultimately shows it's not about you know what you know. It's about who you know. Right. Because we know he Tim Tebow is the best friend that got hired, even though he was underqualified. Hey, hey, thank you. That's thank exactly you. what yeah. he is. He's the best friend that got hired because you're cool with him, but he was underqualified. Right. Like that's clearly what it is. He did not deserve that at no, all. No, not at all. So basketball news, man. Joel Embiid signs a four-year, one hundred ninety-six dollar million dollar extension with the 76ers, man. Good move? Of course. I mean, he's he's your centerpiece of your organization. Best big man in the game. Right. And I feel like, you know, now that you're trying to move on from Ben Simmons, yep. you have to keep one of them. So <laughs> it has to be Joel Embiid. Yeah, he was maybe. the best. He's been your best player for the last, what, two, three years? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Might yeah, well, well pay your best player and then start building around right. him. Right. Marcus Smart signs a four-year, $77 million extension with the Celtics. Interesting move. Yeah, that is interesting. I thought that they could use that money on potentially somebody else. I agree. Um, but, I mean, I understand it from an organizational point because they love the player, and the player loves the organization. You just let them have Play, it. Plays very, hard. Yeah. Play, plays oh, very yeah. hard. Yeah. Great play, effort player. Great effort player. Lays it all on the line. Very streaky. Yep. Can't, can't, I've seen him hit five threes in a row. I've seen him score two points yeah. in four straight games. Yeah. Like, Marcus Smart is a very streaky player. But I feel like, I mean, I think it was a – Good move to bring him back, but I also think that from the money aspect, you definitely could have used that money to sign another big star. Yeah, the, the, and that's the thing with You're the just Celtics. small. To me, they're just too small. They, they need somebody bigger. I don't know the direction the Celtics are trying to go. Me either. You have two guys, Jalen Brown. Tatum. Jason Tatum. They, there's nothing else. That's it. And it's been that way for the last two years. That's it, yeah. And you've done nothing to build a team, an actual roster around these two, and I still – do not understand yeah, what Kim, they're doing. They're wasting time, Kimba, wasting prime. Yeah, wasting the prime of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Yeah. Kimba did not really help them at all. Uh, no, he was hurt. Yeah, <laughs> he was hurt. That's what I'm saying. I feel like they need a big man. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like they need a big man. And a point guard. Yeah, that too. How about how about them actually get a veteran point guard to help them along and then a big man? So, yeah. I- interesting move, but, you know, even more interesting, the Clippers traded Rondo and Pat Bev for Eric Bledsoe and then reported <laughs> today Pat Bev got sent to – Minnesota yeah. for Jared Culliver. How do you feel about the Clippers moves, man? I think that's that's really interesting that they did that for Eric Bledsoe. Um, I don't think Eric Bledsoe necessarily moves the needle significantly for them. I thought that Patrick Beverly's impact on, on the Clippers would be the, yeah would be way. I, th- I feel like that's way more important for the Clippers than at he, Eric Bledsoe. He brings he gives them an attitude. Like I feel like that was way more important defensively. He could right. lock up like right. he agitated the best players in both teams. We seen it in the playoffs this right. past year. Right, and you know I feel like that that weighs so much more than Eric Bledsoe coming in and possibly scoring fifteen to twenty points a night, but still on defensive end he's too small, so he's gonna get bullied. So well, I hmm, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think Eric Bledsoe's bad on defense. I don't think. I don't think he will get bullied I don't, I don't on think defense. He's, I don't think. He, I don't think he's better than Pat Bev on defense. Absolutely yeah, not. I don't think he's better than Pat. Yeah, but he, no. He's more of like a bulldog type player to me. Like he can definitely drive on offense. I think that offensively, yeah, okay, you might have got a smidge better, but was it worth it as far as impact? No, right. not at all. I Especially think, defensively. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that keeping Pat Bev and Rondo would have been a way smarter move than gaining maybe two to three more that, points. And on that's offense. the other thing is you didn't just get a winner one of your point guards. You got a rid of two of your yeah. point guards. I so, mean, Rondo too. Rondo brings veteran leadership. He brings right, attitude. Right. Like you let go right. of both of these guys. So now Rondo goes with John Morant. Pat Bev now goes with D'Angelo Russell. Yep. And it's like, you got back Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to lie. Ultimately, I think the Grizzlies came out the best. They did. Yeah, I feel like the Grizzlies, like Rondo. Rondo, Rondo the, and Jared Culver? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Rondo. And you barely gave Jared up anything. Culver, yeah, Rondo, Culver, and then John Morant back right. there. I feel, like that, I feel like they came out the best. I don't see the Clippers really improving at all. And, I mean, you know, sorry, Pat Bev. Like, sorry, yeah, Pat Bev. You're in Minnesota, bro. Yeah, Wear a jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wear a jacket. Yo, North Face. I heard, yeah. I, I heard it's real Facts. cozy. <laughs> I heard it's real cozy. Before we get out of here, man, Christmas games announced. Lakers are going to play the Nets and the Hawks are going to play the Knicks. Going to be a good Christmas, Yes, man. sir. Ice tray in New York. You got Katie going out to L.A. with Ross and the boys. Man, I can't I love wait. it. <laughs> Finals preview, man. Yeah. Finals preview. If everybody's healthy. It, yes, if everybody's healthy. That's all I got, man. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank everyone for tuning in. Continue to social distance when you can. Get vaccinated. You don't have to, but you know, it might help. Yeah. Um, I don't have all the answers. Clearly, the CDC doesn't really have all the answers either, right. but just be safe. Just be safe in whatever you're doing. Just be smart and continue to support us. Yeah, man. I mean, everybody, we appreciate all your support and the five-star ratings, all those kinds of things. Please still do that, by the way. Five-star yes. rating on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Apple, uh, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and any other platform you want to listen to us on. We're on there, I promise you. We are. Um, also, guys, <laughs> we want to take this moment to to provide you know some prayers to Haiti and all those yes. kinds of things. Like, yes, there's a lot going on Afghanistan. Yes. Like, there's just so much going on in this world, man. Keep our keep our people in prayer. Keep everyone you know. in your prayers. Yeah, there's a lot it, just it, going on, man. It's a it's a wild wild world that we're living in right now. The stuff in Haiti, the stuff in Afghanistan is crazy. Yeah. All those people those hanging images on, were all those people hanging on to that plane. It was insane. crazy. Yeah. Man. Like that. Yeah. Like just just everyone, please be smart. Please continue to pray for those who are less fortunate. Yeah. And just look out for everyone, man. For sure. All right, I'm out of here. Yep. Really solid, it ain't no debate. No way, ain't no escape. Big dog eating off the plate. Cool breeze marks with the same. Flexed up now, John Cena. Rocked up more than Serena. Wife a baddie looking like Nia. More drip, more than a leader. I'm at the wood, I said I would get. No mediocre, I'm feeling like tip. Sound like to me, we got us a hit. They can't even drip line. So savvy is the swag daddy. Red eye flights out to Cali. Holding bags looking like a caddy. Penthouse vibes, no. Addy. Addy.